Fired Up is presented in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts and in video format on YouTube. Wherever you tune in, please remember to rate and subscribe to the show. Thank you. D. Scott Crook is the Utah Employment Lawyer. Fired Up focuses on questions that he frequently receives from his professional and executive clients regarding severance, employee stock option agreements, executive employment contracts, and more. A quick disclaimer, Scott is licensed only in Utah and Idaho. As with any discussion about the law, the information on this podcast generally describes the law and is not intended as specific legal advice. As I'm sure you know, laws frequently change and can be different in different jurisdictions. So please consult with a lawyer if you have specific questions about your situation. Welcome to Fired Up Episode 2. So good to have you back. We're glad that you are with us. Now introducing the star of the show, Scott Crook. How are Hello, you? How are you? I'm good. I am always fantastic. Always fantastic. All right. So last episode, we discussed um, when someone might be entitled to a severance agreement, uh, when they might be entitled to severance pay. But this episode, we wanted to focus on something else that um, you, your clients ask you a lot and that, that I'm interested in too, which is besides, besides getting, you know, basically cash in your severance, in your severance package, what are other important elements of that package that you should negotiate? Well, um, that is a really important question because, you know, most of the time people focus on how much money they're going to make. And, of course, that makes sense, particularly given the fact that um, a severance package is supposed to at least bide some time for you um, while you look for another job. And so often people will ignore the other provisions of the severance agreement or they won't really consider them. And sometimes though, those provisions are maybe actually more important than the actual cash that you're getting. For the most part, when severance is offered, you know, it comes with strings. And that's because you're not, as we discussed before, you're not entitled to uh, severance really under the law unless there's a contractual provision or maybe a governmental entity has um, put together some kind of severance provision in their policies. Um, and so what ends up happening is that um, when a severance package is offered, it will include things like a waiver of uh, your right to bring claims against the employer that's giving you the severance agreement. It may include um, non-competition uh, clauses and other uh, types of clauses like non-solicitation clauses, non-disparagement clauses, and it may include some other uh, provisions that are simply um, uh, restrictive in many ways. So those are things you need to look at because there are um, those create some burdens, but also there are other things that you might want to consider asking for that have value as well. 
that often don't end up in those um, in those provisions, or I mean, I'm sorry, in inside of a severance package. Okay. Well, what are some of the some of the things that um, that people should be trying to negotiate in their package that typically the company is not offering? A lot of times, the company won't offer things like they won't offer a a favorable job recommendation. And there's reasons why they won't do that. Some of the reasons are, first of all, that, you know, there's some danger in doing that, um, potential liability sometimes. Uh, whether there's liability for that or not, that's not a huge risk to a lot of employers, but it is something that they can, they, um, they're careful about. Um, but sometimes if they really do feel bad, it's, for instance, a company-wide layoff, they're financially doing not so well, um, but they really liked you and would have kept you, but for um, the downturn in the economy, sometimes they'll be willing to provide a an agreed-upon letter of recommendation or form of favorable recommendation. And so that's something that you can always broach and ask if they'll uh, allow you to do that. Another Another potential thing that you could look for in asking for is, um, I'm sorry, I've I've blanked. <laughs> That's fine. Well, we'll come back to that. Okay. So you say that you know some of these things um, are more important than can be more important than the compensation that you can actually obtain. But why is that? Well, for instance, um, in some of the restrictive uh, covenants that they put in these things, um, you may be restricted from being able to work in your chosen profession for a number of, of months or even years. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes people will put, for instance, a non-competition agreement inside of a severance agreement that says you can't work for a year in your in the in for a competitor of the employer. Uh, that would be a non-competition agreement, or they may say you can't, um, you can't work with other people who worked for the employer, even though they may have been laid off, gotcha. um, or that you can't solicit them to work with you. That's a non-solicitation provision. Um, they may also include inside of uh, the agreement um, a non-solicitation of clients or customers of the of the employer and so that restricts your ability to obviously find work particularly if you're very specialized you do a, a particular type of work and you have value mm. if you can't compete or you can't solicit or you can't work with other employees that you know that can really restrict your ability um to work um i see so those are those are issues also, some other issues that um, come up that you want to deal with is that um, you typically are waiving all of your claims against the employer. So if you if you thought somebody like like for instance, maybe you thought you had a discrimination claim against your employer. Um, maybe you thought that it was weird that all of the men got fired and none of the women, or vice versa, or that it seemed to you that people of color were more likely to get laid off than others. Well, they're going to ask you to waive your claims for that. 
Um, but typically they don't waive claims against you. So what that could mean is like a year later, um, let's say they, they do an audit and during the audit, they discover that what they think were some bad decisions that you made and therefore you caused the um, employer some damage because of your negligence, for instance, maybe you okay. work for, maybe you're an accountant or something and the way you classified certain expenses ended up costing them some, um, you know, or had some tax consequence that they might not otherwise have. Well, if you if they don't waive claims against you, they can then sue you for the breach of your duties that they that you had to them. And so, you may want them to waive claims against you as well as part of the severance agreement. I see. So when you like with, with your clients, I mean, what's, what's preferable? Like, do you, are you trying to get them to, are you trying to get that negotiated out where it's not forbidding the client to bring claims? Or are you trying to get it so that it is um, the, that both neither can bring claims? Yeah, they will. Um, it's just a fact that an employer will never give you an severance agreement or at least ones that know what they're doing, that doesn't waive claims against them. So typically when I'm negotiating with an employer, I'm asking them to, if they want to waive claims against, uh, if they want you to waive your claims against them, then they should also mutually agree that they will waive their claims against you. So okay. typically I will, uh, I will be asking to negotiate a mutual waiver of claims. Okay. Most of the time how... employers will agree to that. Um, not okay. always though. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Did you remember the, the other item that you wanted to bring up? Oh yeah. Sometimes, um, employers will not include this in a severance agreement, but, um, but they might if you ask them for it. And that is uh, to help to provide um, some assistance in, um, in finding a job. Mm. Uh, so for instance, they may help by sending you to a, uh, a recruiting firm or a headhunter. Uh, typically it's more what they're willing to do is to provide um, resources, uh, with employment agencies who will help you with your resume, who may have some other help, um, that is provided to people. Um, for instance, some retraining or training on how to find a job and assistance with people who have, um, have some connections in getting people hired. So, um, Sometimes people, uh, those will not be offered as part of a severance package, but, um, but employers may be willing to, um, include that as part of, uh, of the severance. Okay. Now, how much success do you have with your clients negotiating these things into the severance agreement? Uh, typically, um, you'll get some concessions with most employers. 
And so, I mean, I can't say 100% on all of those, um, but I could probably give you a range of success, uh, what what um, employers are usually willing uh, to negotiate. And I can just yeah. say that typically they'll, they'll be willing to negotiate um, mutual uh, pro- mutuality of certain provisions. Some of those provisions include uh, just as we were talking about the mutuality of the waiver of the claims. Now, some some employers are hesitant to do that because um, they're afraid that they're you know, the, particularly if you were in a if if you were an employee that had some significant fiduciary responsibilities, they um, and and that would be like an accountant, uh, general counsel, lawyer. Um, maybe you're a professional. Um, like an engineer or something, they might, um, employers may not be as willing to waive um, claims against you because they could have a malpractice claim, for instance, brought. And if they waive their claims against you, um, uh, they may not be able to recover if you really did engage in malpractice. But typically they will if you're not in that kind of a of a position, professional position. Um, they also are willing to negotiate mutuality of disparagement clauses, non-disparagement clauses, which we really haven't talked about much uh, today. But a non-disparagement clause is just basically you don't talk bad about us. We've given you a severance agreement, so don't talk bad about us. Um, we also tend to ask, I usually ask to make that mutual. The The problem is, when you have a huge employer or even a large employer, it's harder for them to control that because a non-disparagement clause, um, if you say, you know, employer can't say anything bad about you, well, that includes all of the employees. Maybe you didn't, maybe one of the employees didn't like you. So they're out bad-mouthing you. They're worried that they might have some liability there. So they'll usually ask you to identify particular people that you would like the non-disparagement clause to apply to. And usually those people are in management or in HR, people you closely associated with. And they typically will um, agree to make the non-disparagement mutual in those circumstances. Um, They also will be often willing to, they, they often also will be willing to negotiate non-competition and non-solicitation provisions. They may not be willing to totally eliminate them, but they may be willing to shorten them uh, so that um, you're not as you're not bound as long as you would be under their regular or standard severance agreement. Okay. Well, interesting. So yeah, so there's a lot more to severance than just the, the compensation element to it. <laughs> is the the moral of the story. Uh, Oh, yeah. And in fact, I would say that it's almost. Well, I would say that it's almost even more important, a lot of those provisions than the amount of money, because if you can get rid of a non-competition provision, for instance, that may have much more value to you than, you know, a month's worth of severance. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay. Well, thank you. Any other thoughts before we wrap up? 
Um, I would just say that um, that it is really, really important that you have somebody review a severance agreement um, before you sign one. Um, often people just feel like, well, hey, it's, I just feel lucky I got a severance agreement. They're in shock. It's been handed to them. Right. Um, but if you're over 40, um, the law requires, and you're waiving your right um, to bring a claim under the Age Discrimination and Employment Act, um, an age discrimination claim, which almost, you know, that's one of the waivers. They have to give you at least 21 days to consider anyway in most of those situations. And if it's part of a, a layoff, they have to even give you 45 days. So just don't feel like you have to sign right away when you're given a severance agreement. Take some time, take a breath, and then contact a lawyer who knows what uh, he or she is doing and and have them review it. And a lot of lawyers, even though a lot of lawyers um, will represent you on an hourly basis. A lot of lawyers like uh, my firm will provide flat fees so that you know exactly how much um, it would cost for a review and you don't have to worry about being out money even after you've left your job. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you, Scott. That was a lot of good information and our listeners will definitely appreciate it. A quick disclaimer, Scott is licensed only in Utah and Idaho. As with any discussion about the law, the information on this podcast generally describes the law and is not intended as specific legal advice. As I'm sure you know, laws frequently change and can be different in different jurisdictions. So please consult with a lawyer if you have specific questions about your situation. Fired Up is presented in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts and in video format on YouTube. Wherever you tune in, please remember to rate and subscribe to the show. Thank you.